A Southwest Virginian has been named Deputy Director of the Department of Energy for Virginia. Will Clear, a native of Chilhowee and a 1992 Emory and Henry College graduate, was appointed to this position by Governor Glenn Youngkin, who in doing so is signaling an emphasis his administration hopes to place on rural Virginia, especially at the intersection of agriculture and energy. In making this appointment, Youngkin may also be steering energy policy in a new direction, one that focuses on renewable resources and that helps to attract new business opportunities to rural areas of southwest Virginia. Clear, who has focused much of his work experience on both renewable energy and entrepreneurship, answers directly to the Virginia Secretary of Commerce and Trade. He brings to his new position an interest in exploring opportunities in solar energy, agrivoltaics, blockchain ledgering, Bitcoin development, and critical minerals. He joins me in the studio today to discuss these concepts and other initiatives for this region. Welcome to the show, Will. Good to be here, Dirk. Thank you for inviting me. Let's start by talking about this concept of agriculture and energy and the synergies they may have and helping us to create a better economic future. Talk about the concept of agrivoltaics. What is that and how does that translate into what you might pursue as a vision for agriculture in this area? Well, the way I view agrivoltaics is sort of a harmonization between solar installation and, and agriculture. And we are looking at opportunities in Southwest. Uh, Southwest Virginia has a proud history of two things, I think, energy production and, and agricultural production. And I think the combination of the two is the way we've looked at economic development uh, makes um, for good opportunities for Southwest Virginia to move forward. Um, we talk about agrivoltaics. I mean, one thing is, um, you know, incorporating solar on a farm where you potentially have livestock uh, growth and production, uh, or you might even have, um, you might actually uh, suspend the solar high enough that you actually can grow certain things underneath them and produce them if you have the equipment to go underneath them. So, again, it's more of a using the two in harmony so that you don't preclude either one of the other from being done on the same property. Is that being done at all anywhere in Virginia or in Southwest Virginia? Not to my knowledge yet. Um, you know, it's been a, there's been a lot of proposals there. There's a lot of, uh, you know, discussion about using pollinators and bee production around solar panels. Um, been a lot of a lot of discussion about like I said you know growing things um, again you know any kind of vegetation around the solar panels is a little bit of a nuisance and if we can figure out how to put the two together but to answer your question no it's not it's not being done it's something that we're very very interested in incorporating though and have we seen it done elsewhere yes it's being done in other areas for sure and we feel that it's been done successfully? Correct. Yes, we feel like we can do it here. Um, again, particularly given the fact that we've got really rich farmland in this area. There's got to be a way to do both and keep it in harmony. And now how do you pitch this to local farmers who may be skeptical about it, who may be skeptical about what this could mean to their their income and their yields? Well, I, I look at it from this perspective, and, and even beyond the fact where you're using the same patch of ground, um, 
most of our farmland in southwest Virginia is rolling, rolling hills. And there's going to be every 100-acre piece of property, um, is they're going, there's going to be land for energy production that may not necessarily be productive for uh, vegetative or for agriculture production. Um, so for me, I look at it as a sharing. Let's look at the ways that we can better develop this property in a way that, that uh, you know, all of our needs can be met. What are the conceivable impacts this could have on our economic, without getting into any specific numbers, but how do you see this impacting the general economy of Southwest Virginia? <clears throat> well, I, see it's, I think it's very positive. Um, I think, you know, there's a real opportunity um, to, um, for training around, you know, installation and servicing of this, this type of equipment. But also on the ag side, I, I think I think it's it's an underutilized asset in in Southwest Virginia and and really across the Commonwealth. I think we've got to start thinking about agriculture in terms of sustaining communities. Um, there's a lot of discussion about <clears throat> reducing you know uh, carbon footprint, carbon mile you know miles uh, associated with moving produce and moving other things around. I think Southwest Virginia, with a rich, abundant uh, amount of of, uh, of land and agricultural land, I think we have an opportunity to do some uh, wonderful things around that. Emory and Henry College is interested in pursuing this prospect, I believe. I'm wondering, from your perspective and in your new role, how do you think colleges and universities can be more involved, and perhaps other organizations, other nonprofits, or other parts of state government might be involved in enhancing this work? Well, I think any when we look at all of those organizations that you just mentioned, I think being supportive of the entrepreneurial community is the most important thing that I think we can all do. Um, I think there's a, a real opportunity here for entrepreneurs. And so whatever universities can do, whatever government can do, nonprofits can do. Um, but I think the, the real key and what we've always found, even in the agriculture community and even some in the energy community, it's not doing things that are big enough and sustainable enough. And I think it's critical as we these these organizations support these entrepreneurs that they do it in ways that create sustainable jobs, sustainable opportunities, and I think that's the real key. And how does this agrivoltaics work in other areas, perhaps outside of solar power? Are there other ways that there are synergies between renewable energy and agriculture that we should be looking at? Yeah, I think I think there's you know even from a um, a perspective of of water, we have a lot of of cattle farmers in in Southwest Virginia uh, using. We've looked at a lot of opportunities to use solar to drive pumps to move water around farms. You know, any of their um, on farm demand. If we talk about dairy farmers, any kind of on farm demand. I think solar has gotten to a point, and I'm a you know, I'm a business guy. I've, I've owned three businesses. I've, I've been engaged in business before I came to the state for 25 years. And the business case for solar these days is really, really, really good. And I think if, if we can look at f for opportunities to, to take each farmer, uh, their operation, and look for opportunities to integrate solar into that, um, when you aggregate all of that up, it's a substantial amount of power. I have to say, I think a lot of people would be surprised that this 
a representative of the new Republican administration, is talking about renewable energy. Is this something that our new governor or, or our new legislature is going to be enthusiastic about? Have you been able to take the temperature of the legislature during this current session? Well, I think everything is so new right now. I, I think the conversations that I've had indicate an all-of-the-above approach, which is exactly um, what, what I've always advocated. I, I have a, a natural gas background. Um, you know, I've been in energy for most of my career, and I think, I think we have to advocate for an all-of-the-above approach. Um, I think as we move uh, toward a more renewable future or even a 100% renewable future, there's still a, a need for some other energies to supplement, to bridge us, um, and I think we've got to be cognizant of that. It's hard to imagine you know, a quick move, um, you know, without considering some of the impacts for that quick move. You have talked about the importance of critical minerals. Could you expand on that? How does that a continued emphasis on the mineral industry of this area help us bridge toward a renewable energy future? Yeah, the, the critical mineral discussion is, is very important when we talk about the future of this country and, and, and even the renewable future of this country. There's a certain amount, and I think um, the, the, the federal government has listed, a, there's a list of like 35 critical minerals um, that are in short supply. And depending on where we get those critical minerals, um, there's, there may or may not be a, um, uh, uh, a problem, I guess, in, in actually uh, acquiring those minerals. But when you look at that list, all of those minerals are critical when it comes to ev our everyday life. Your cell phone, your, your, you know, your electric vehicle, for example, your lithium battery. Lithium is, is one, one mineral that's on that list. When we look at all of those things, a lot of those minerals we get from overseas. Um, and some of those minerals come from, as I said, or could be scarce because of regimes that may or may not be friendly to the United States. A lot of those minerals, not all of them, but a lot of those minerals can be produced in significant quantities in the United States. Uh, but there, there's been a real... Um, I guess, uh, backlash against mining these in, in the United States. And what I'm here to tell you as a regulator, I mean, that's what we do. We regulate a lot of this production. Uh, we have the best regulations uh, to preserve the, preserve the environment in the world. And, you know, any kind of pollution, we live in a global community now, and any kind of pollution, pollution anywhere else is eventually going to come here. So when we look at opportunities to, to harvest these minerals here, um, you know, we're, we're really looking at that as, as under the best regulatory regime in the world. And the potential environmental harm is very negligible. But if you, if you look at some of these other uh, communities or <clears throat> other countries, uh, they don't have the, uh, the regulations that we have. And I think we need to start considering ourselves um, in that vein as maybe a provider of some of this um, because we do have good environmental regulation. We are talking today to Will Clear. He has just been named Deputy Director of the Department of Energy for the Commonwealth of Virginia. 
Will is also an Emory & Henry graduate. Will, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about you and also about how to foster more entrepreneurship in Southwest Virginia through the work that you're doing. You are listening to Together to Get There, the show dedicated to economic and community development in Southwest Virginia. I am your host, Dirk Moore. You are also listening to WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia. Support for Together to Get There comes from People Incorporated, one of the largest community action agencies in the country. For 55 years, People Incorporated has helped communities and individuals build good futures and realize their dreams. Welcome back to Together to Get There. Today I am talking to Will Clear. He is the Deputy Director of the Department of Energy for Virginia, recently appointed to the, that position with the incoming administration in Richmond. He is also a 1992 graduate of Emory & Henry College. Will, what was your major while you were at Emory? I was an accounting major. And so you have found your way to this position. How? What is your work history that led up to this? Well, if you go back uh, right out of out of Emory, I went to graduate school at the University of Tennessee and got a master's in accounting and started in public accounting in Knoxville and worked for a what was then a big six accounting firm. Uh, from there, I went to work uh, mostly in the gas industry, and I held roles in multiple companies, including a company that I owned um, everything in the gas industry from the I guess from the drill bit all the way to the the burner tip is what we used to say. Um, and during that that time, I I got to know a lot about the utility business and um, spent a lot of time working with the utilities. You know, there was two big, what we'd call natural gas uh, generation booms during my career, and so it was almost a convergence between natural gas and electricity. And um, so I was. I'm spending all that time with the utilities, you know, trying to understand their business, their business, um, how they were evolving when it came to energy, um, really just developed a, a lot of knowledge about the energy space. And when things sort of, sort of fell out in the natural gas industry, it was the right time for me to to take to to make a change and and come to the state and really spend most of my time looking at. Uh, opportunities uh, around innovative energy, but also using my, my business background to, to, to work on economic development. Well, given that history and also given what you may know about your role so far in, in state government, what do you see as, right now anyway, your priorities and challenges in the work that you're going to be doing? Well, I think, you know, we this administration has been made it very clear to me they're extremely interested in rural Virginia and I see one of my biggest um, areas uh, to work and, and it's what I've been doing for the last six years since I've been with the state 
is working on economic development in, in Southwest Virginia. And it goes back to what we talked about. We have spent an enormous amount of our time over the last six years as an agency looking at opportunities to develop energy and also looking at opportunities to develop agriculture locally. And so I see that as my biggest, um, I guess, my biggest to do uh, with this new position. We have talked a little bit about entrepreneurship, and I think you have actually mentioned it in this interview. So I want to explore that a little bit. Where do you think the opportunities are for growing entrepreneurship in Southwest Virginia? Are they in those areas of agriculture and energy? I, I think so. Um, I think, you know, and I, I think they're not mutually exclusive. I think they can be together, but, but they can also be separate. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities on the ag side. Um, like I said, we, we've spent a lot of time looking at specialty, specialty products, particularly specialty grain uh, for the craft beverage industry. I think there's infinite amount of opportunities or an infinite amount of opportunities there uh, when it comes to that. And then on the energy side, um, it's, it's interesting. I, I interface with um, a lot of developers um, every day, uh, solo developers. Um, spent the entire day with one yesterday and what's what what I have seen is it Virginia with everything that's going on in the state from an energy perspective it's really set off a a huge potential boom uh, for solar uh, solar battery deployment um, other renewable energy sources and we don't have a whole lot of uh, development or developers that are coming from Southwest. And I think that's something that, that we need to, um, um, we really need to move forward um, and create some entrepreneurs in Southwest that will, be, that will do that kind of work. How does that happen? There are some efforts right now in Southwest Virginia that are fairly well organized to enhance entrepreneurship. I don't know if it's going in this direction necessarily. So what needs to be done to kind of encourage greater entrepreneurship in the areas that you're talking about? Well, I mean, I think, I think there's sort of a marrying of, of some of the resources that we have. We, we have a fair amount of grant resources in Southwest Virginia, uh, certain federal programs, state programs. Um, but I think that one of the things that we've not done in the past is seek out entrepreneurs and look at opportunities to deploy some of those funds in an entrepreneurial setting. And I think we're going to have to get better at that because what we have seen in the last six years of my career looking at economic development in Southwest, there is a real void of entrepreneurship. And without entrepreneurs, I mean, we, we, we have a lot of grant money flowing in without entrepreneurs, without what I would call project sponsors or applicants. Um, a lot of this money that, that we were spending is not necessarily going for what I call, you know, key job creation. And a lot of our listeners may be wondering why I'm talking necessarily with the Deputy Director of Energy about entrepreneurship, but you do answer directly to the Secretary of Commerce, correct? I do. I do uh, answer directly to up through the Secretary of Commerce and Trade. Uh, Secretary Merrick is extremely interested in rural uh, Virginia, like I said before, and um, I think it's, it's going to be a key uh, component of what we do going forward. So. And I'm wondering if some of this involves an idea that you've mentioned or a 
some thoughts that you've had around something that may be very different, but that's blockchain and Bitcoin. How does that all fit into this work? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I started looking at this probably four or five years ago, and uh, uh, there, when we talk about sort of high tech, and we, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about high tech, um, but blockchain, you know, and, and any kind of mining, whether it be Bitcoin or, or other blockchain application, requires a significant amount of energy. And, um, you know, that's why I've been involved in, a, in several of these projects, because you've got to solve the energy issue. How are, how are these machines going to run? And um, the thing that I have seen uh, over the last couple of years is a, from these Bitcoin miners is a, is a greater understanding that they've got to become more sustainable long term. And um, I think that for our area is good for a lot of reasons, because I think we have the ingredients to deploy a lot of these jobs, these what I call data centers, you know, mining operations, a data center or a mining operation, because we have land and we have with that land, you could have solar, you could have, uh, you know, geothermal cooling opportunities uh, for these types of operations. So, you know, you compare what we have here to other areas. Um, I think we're set up really nicely um, to to look at uh, deploying a lot of these types of uh, businesses. Could you describe just for background what blockchain and Bitcoin are for our listeners who don't? Yeah, and I and I am not the expert on this, but I will give you I will give you what what I know. Blockchain was uh, I guess has been around for a while, but it's a it's an efficient way um, to handle uh, commerce or data storage. It's probably the better way to say it. Commerce is coming th as a part of that. But it's an efficient way to handle data storage is you outsource that computing uh, power um, really anywhere in the world. And if the, what you're effectively doing is the block is the, the data. You're... you're 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 creating that block, and it's created sort of out in the you know in the, on the internet. Um, and so you don't have to have to have a you don't have to have a central repository. But the way the the blockchain application works is it um, ensures that that data is validated. And so, for example, with the whole idea behind Bitcoin or other cyber currencies is to, to, to allow commerce to happen without the inefficiencies of, you know, banking systems or um, other things that, that might cost additional money that might take some of the value of that internet or that commerce away. And so it's, an, it's a very efficient way to transact uh, business um, or transact, you know, data storage, you know, for an entity that wants to create a blockchain application, they they can um, they can actually um, outsource the data storage by offering some kind of uh, monetary value around um, some coin or something, some cyber currency, for creating the work that's necessary to validate that data. And so you're seeing this as an important trend in the future, and you're suggesting that we have an opportunity to be on that wave through the, the mineral and other kinds of jobs that we could create through that? I think we do. I think, I think that a lot of it has to do, again, with our land position 
here locally. And there's always that, you know, um, different, you know, that that sort of tension between, you know, do we do we deploy ag on this property or, you know, um, uh, Bitcoin mining or, you know, some type of uh, uh, data center application. But I think what we have is we have opportunities to deploy that technology in a way, particularly in the coal fields, where there's 100,000 acres of previously mined property that's very rural. Um, I think there's an opportunity to put a lot of that technology out there and kind of uh, reinvent, uh, you know, the, the area. Let's go back to talking about you, especially because you are an Emory Henry graduate and this broadcast comes from the campus of Emory Henry College. I think a lot of our listeners will want to know how Emory Henry has prepared you for the work that you're doing. Well, I, I, I think back to my days here, and uh, I think the exposure that I got uh, to, to everything. We talk about liberal arts college, and um, I think that was very helpful for me. I actually grew up in southwest Virginia. Um, I wasn't well-versed in a lot of areas um, when I came here, but just getting exposed to a lot of different things, um, you know, it, it, it left me with a, a, a broad sort of background and, and sort of fostered um, lifelong learning, I think. I mean, to me, if I would have focused, you know, in one area, um, it, I don't think I would have been as broad-based as I've become. And I think it's important for people to realize that you're not coming from outside this region. You are a native of this region. You grew up in Chilhowee. And so I, am I wrong to think that you have a real passion for the future of Southwest Virginia? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm very passionate about it. Uh, some people will say crazy, crazy passionate about it. But it's, um, it, you know, it's an area, I, I think we have some amazing assets in this area. Uh, not only the land, but the people. Um, they're self-reliant, resilient. Um, and I think we have an opportunity here um, in 20 years to look back. That's the point. It's a long process. And I think that's, that's what, as political leaders, uh, we've got to sort of grab a hold of. I think to shortcut this, and I think that's what we've, we've done somewhat um, uh, over the years. Uh, to tr- you know, there's just no magic bullet. And I'm not criticizing anybody for what's been done in the past. Uh, but I think everybody's always looked at a magic bullet. But I think, you know, if we talk about entrepreneurship as being important, I mean, how long does it take to really build a business into something that's impactful, you know, from a community standpoint? And that's a long time. It could take years. Um, so, and the key, I think, too, around here is we've got to look for, for puzzle pieces that fit. And I think too too many times we look for, um, you know, something that, that, that we want to bring in from the outside that's not a big fit. And um, then we're, we're sort of angry five years from now when, when that when they pick up and leave, but it wasn't a good fit to begin with. Congratulations on your new role, and good luck with it. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing, and thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Dirk. Appreciate the opportunity. I have been talking today with Will Clear. He is the Deputy Director of the Department of Energy for the Commonwealth of Virginia, just recently appointed to that position. You are listening to Together to Get There, the show dedicated to economic and community development in Southwest Virginia. I am your host, Dirk Moore, and you have been listening to WEHC 90.7, the voice of Southwest Virginia. Thank you for listening.